Tachi big tits. Woo! Everyone. Uh, uh, uh. What I do. Size are you? Can't, you can't double just. Double G. Oh, double G. Double G, groovy and glamorous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Jackie Big Tits, the podcast, my life, my stories, my anecdotes. It's episode 24. Is it true what they say about black men? Ow! Today's podcast guest this week is the awesome writer from London, Troy Hunter. Um, Troy is bear hilarious, like absolutely hilarious. He was an absolute joy um on this app and he was an absolute joy when I met him you'll listen to it and be like I want to be his mate he's great um we talked today on today's podcast about his bloody he's a flipping hilarious tweeter but also talking about the sexualization of black men's bodies and you know what it's like being on the dating scene as a black man um and you know of course things about you know, chocolate queens and references to, to black men having big penises. Um, but that's not all we talk about, I have, you know. Uh, we also talk about how amazing therapy is, because you know I'm pro-therapy, but also about, you know, fancy children and fancy parents um, and mental health. So um, this was a really, really good enlightening chat. So I hope you will enjoy today's podcast ep. Uh, thanks for asking, by the way. I'm doing fine. Um, during this time, it's lockdown light, uh, as I like to call it, because it's not as brutal as the first lockdown, because people, I still see people everywhere, but, you know, we can't go to the pub, we can't do a boozy brunch, none of that. Um, but I hope you are doing okay. We've got two weeks left. We can do this. So hang in there. Um, and I hope you're staying safe and yeah, I hope you're doing all good. Um, cause it's a weird sort of time that we're living in anywho i digress um enjoy today's ep with troy and of course as always don't forget to rate review and subscribe hi troy hello jackie (laughs) i don't know i think it's half nerves i like no, I mean, like, in a good way. Like, I was, I was, I, um, I don't have any boundaries, so I'm really worried about that. Do I? Do I? I called my friend, and I was like, she works in PR, and I was like, oh, like, um, she was like, just remember, Troy, like, you have a career, but also, um, but just don't, just don't be too, too much, too, uh, too much information. Don't give out too much information. I was like, whoa, I don't know how to be otherwise. You're so funny. I'm the same. I'm like professional oversharer. Like I'm just like, well, if you ask me, I'm actually going to tell you. Like, <laughs> I'm so bad at like not saying stuff. It's like, well, sure, I'll tell you about you know my trauma and my life. Fine. Same. It's just who we are. That's why we connected. Good. I yeah, I hear that. This is why we connected. So Troy is a writer from London. Um, his TV pilot, The Delaney's, was long listed for the Script Pipeline and the Edinburgh TV Festival New Voice Awards last year. Um, 
And then you're currently in development on a short film called Maya. Yes, and also um, in development on a play as well called Black Pride. Um, right. And all very exciting things. I actually got my, like, I, it's all, like, kind of new to me in the sense of, like, I've always been writing, but um, only signed with my agent this year, earlier on this year. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's all very new. It's, like, gone from, uh, like, being all passion, like, you know, a passion project or whatever, um, to, or a hobby, I guess, to being, like, my work and my career. And that's very exciting. I'm very excited. Um, oh, I'm so excited. Your career is just, like taking off yes well yes yeah I'm also really hum- not humble about it but I'm also very like oh my god I don't want to talk too much about it and um at the same time really excited like it's a weird thing I don't want to get too excited and then like nothing happens or you know all that stupidness yeah 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 but at the same time it's like oh my god is this my life yes <laughs> me and Troy met about maybe three months ago yeah I think so basically, I was looking for a flat. Um, me and my friend were looking for a flat in Hackney. And so we had arranged to go, do a flat viewing at your where, where Troy was living at the time. Um, and then um, I went walked into your room, didn't I? Yeah. And then you were coming out the toilet. I was coming out the bath. <laughs> I was literally in my towel. At first, I was in my towel, and I think you were coming to look at the bathroom because you hadn't seen the bathroom. And I was like, I had stopped you, and then um, I was like, "Oh, hey, sorry," <laughs> and then I had to like rush to get ready. I don't even know what I was getting ready for, and I think because I knew you were coming, or I knew someone was coming, so I realized that yeah. I needed to get out of my like house clothes and like wash, and because um, <laughs> I couldn't just be sitting in my room like with sweaty armpits and whatever. I don't know. <laughs> And then, and then I remember we were. Ch- I don't. I don't use because we had a few viewings, and we don't. I don't usually chat to the other people because I just don't like talking to other people. But um, there was something about you, and I was like, I think, yeah, it was something about you, and I was like, okay, I have to like ask what you do, what you're about, um, and uh, you were telling me about uh, this podcast, and then you were also telling me about I, th- and then you also like you're a journalist as well, and then yeah. we got to talking about like five a.m. Um, mornings and stuff like that. Yeah, 5am club. I still haven't been waking up at 5am, but there we go. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, when I left, I was like, yeah, I'm totally going to be getting up at five, get the hustle. I haven't done any of it. I said, I'm such a fraud. (laughs) But um, yeah, it was, I met you and we just like, we just clicked. Like, I don't even know. So brief, but it was like energy, 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 energy. And then, we kept in touch and here we are yeah um literally after i met you i was literally just telling all my friends oh i met this really cool girl called jackie she's got a podcast and i want to be her friend <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing no it's not we just vibed and we got along and like yeah it's just i'm just i'm so happy to have you on you were like the best person for this um episode because troy is not only just an awesome writer but he's a fucking funny tweeter um i love choice tweets on twitter they're so funny i've actually got some of them here um oh. this one is all i seem to do is send voice notes of me fake laughing this i love this one nah i genuinely by accident just told my mum i've got one lube left she just looked at me oh kissed her. my god and then 
So I've been asked out on a date, yay me. What's the what's the most polite way to decline? <laughs> oh, I love you shit. so much. And also this, I ordered two medium pizzas, ate two slices, hoping it'll last me till the weekend. Then this discreet guy on Grindr pops up saying he saw me in Highbury earlier. I tell him that his happiness is important above anyone else's. I hope he develops the courage to choose happiness. <laughs> Delete this. <laughs> I was definitely drunk on that one. I think I You're drunk I love it. I drunk tweet all the time and it's so embarrassing. I had to come off Twitter. I came off Twitter like I think a week ago or something just because I needed to get shit done. Um, yeah. But, but um, those are very, oh my God, the lube and the mum and I've got stories about that. <laughs> that takes me, <laughs> takes me back. I, I love it. I My journey with like coming out to my mum has been really it's been a journey, but um, but, but it's been great actually. Like, definitely looking back on it, and um, but like towards the, like now that like I'm f- like she's fully like understanding and accepting and all that stuff. Not that she had a choice. Um, we now have scenarios where oh, I'm just really, really, basically honest with her. And one time recently, maybe like a few years ago, um, I was staying over at her house because I was. Uh, working on a show in uh, in Hertfordshire, so I had to stay at her house. And um, I must have taken a bag there, which I was then taking off to these hotels that I was going to stay for, like, work. And anyway, so I think, like, a month later, I came back to her house to... Um, I was then going to see a friend, and um, she was like, oh, Troy, um, you left some bag here when I was uh, when you were staying here and I was like oh okay like what I don't understand I haven't I don't remember I've got all my bags and I turned around because she was standing behind me and uh, she opened the bag and it just had like it had lube and maybe a few kind of toy things and, no way! <laughs> and I just looked at them and I looked at her and I was like oh for fuck's sake and she <laughs> smiled in this really awkward like well, we're not going to have a discussion about this, but um, but she clearly had been looking at. I was just too much information for her. Also, too much information. Now this has gone public, but um, but hey. it, it was weird. It was just so embarrassing. Oh my god! But you know what? I think it's great that you like have a really good relationship with your mom and like. Can you laugh about these things? I bet. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's been, amazing. Yeah, it's been. Um, like it's really been me and my mum like until I got to like I don't know like 15 and um my step stepdad came into the picture and I call him my dad and he's great and lovely and they used to um date when they were childhood sweethearts basically um, so, yeah super cute um <laughs> and uh but yes I think me coming out to them has been a very good I mean it's definitely been very good for me but also I think somehow we've gotten closer um, and our relationship has always been good, but it's just like kind of amazing now. And sometimes too amazing, um, to be honest. <laughs> They're very annoying. Oh, I love it. So what, So how old were you when you came out to your mum? Uh, I was, so I'm 29 now. I think I came out to my mum when I was like 25, um, mm-hmm. 25, 26. So recently, um, right. but had come out to like friends and everything before that. Um, and like the first year was, she was like compartmentalizing it for a bit. And we had a decent, we had a good relationship, but we just couldn't talk about the 
gay thing, uh, or she couldn't talk about it as much as I wanted to. Um, but but I remember like when we first had the conversation, and she was kind of like, oh, like um, I, I think it was near Christmas, and um, I was like, okay, so like we're talking about being gay, and like I was like, and you're taking it like really well ish. Um, can I? Am I still gonna get Christmas presents? She was like, yeah, of course you will. Like, so it was that kind of, it was that weird thing. And I think it was shock for right. her. Um, right. And yeah, it was shock because we had later conversations about, she was like, well, why didn't you tell me sooner? And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course she then goes through, <clears throat> or you go through a kind of like a grief period where you're kind of mourning the child that you expect, you know, the life that you ex- you expected your child yeah. to kind of go through. I guess- I guess every parent has like a fantasy child. Exactly. I suppose we have fantasy parents, don't we? Like in a way of like, I wish my mom was like this. I wish my dad was like that. So I guess with your mom, it was like the fantasy child. Exactly. Exactly that. You thought you were going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I always, every time I talk about that, I always then think of this totally off topic, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And there's an episode... (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually not a fan. I, I prefer Charmed, but um, um, there's an episode, I think, episode three. <laughs> and um, she uh, it's just about that, like a like parent living vicariously through their child. Um, sure. But, but that's going off topic. Um, but yeah, like, so it's been a really good journey. So it's been a really good journey. And I'm, I'm very glad that I, like, I feel like there's half of me that feels, oh my God, I wish I was able to come out to my parents earlier. But um I'm also very glad that I've come out when I, like it's happened when it's happened. And I'm glad that I didn't wait until like really late in my, like sixties or something, for example, like right. no disrespect to anybody that has, I just mean for the sake of, I can imagine how kind of, uh, you know, how difficult it must be carrying that. Um, but there are good points. <clears throat> there are good, like, uh, you know, there are positives and there are positives and everything. <clears throat> Wow. And then during your, obviously, before you came out to your mum, you were, like, dating loads of men, right? When was that? I feel like dating is such a strong and strong word. I would say I was having, I was, I was having sex a lot. Oh, God. Having relations. I was having relations. um, And that was fun. Um, I would occasionally, like, Grindr was a big thing. Um, mm-hmm. back then I was at my um, and actually bef- so before like okay if we're going back years later like early 20s um, mm-hmm. or like I was yeah grinder and um, but I was at my parents house at the time so I would like occasionally leave the house and be like oh I'm just gonna go see my friend Darcy <laughs> who lives like about half an hour away <laughs> half an hour walk and, and my mum was like okay cool see you later and then I bet it would just be to go to some guy's house um, and then I would come back and she would be like, oh, okay, you went to Darcy's quite, uh, for quite some long time. I used to make really loads of excuses. Like I would be like, oh, I'm just picking up um, my bag from Darcy's house. I left it there last night or something like that. <laughs> but really, I, I would that's, that's like totally normal because I think I've definitely lied about, to my parents about seeing you know, saying, oh, I'm going to Lauren's house, but yeah. really, I'm about to... <laughs> <laughs> You're about to get some dick. Stop it! I did not say that. <laughs> Yet. Um, 
<laughs> I think we've all sort of, but I guess obviously your experience is totally different to mine in the way that I guess, um, yeah, it's a it's a massive it's a massive deal. Yeah, but like looking at it now, talking about it now, you're absolutely right. It's it's all universal and it's all relative. And I think, but at the, and but at the time, you think it's a big like I feel like I'm going to get in trouble in some kind of way because of it's a, it's it's you're be, you're you're gay and you don't necessarily know whether how your fa- you want acceptance from your family, um, and it's something that is I don't know like fear in the in the in Definitely, it's, it was. I'm trying to uh, not generalize, actually, but um, but I think it's because you don't, particularly when you're not when you're not out, you don't know how it's going to be perceived or you're going to be perceived. Um, right? Did you were you met with resistance from other family members? No, uh, no, actually, no. no. All, all my cousins. Oh, I mean, like all my cousins basically either knew or suspected or. Um, we're just totally fine about it um and that's like the boy cousins and the girl cousins um like my cousin my cousin who I see him as a brother was like oh yeah Troy we we kind of knew we suspected it we've had conversations (laughs) about it wow it's like I suppose it's called gayda right yeah uh yeah I get like I that term quite problematic I I don't know, I wouldn't use that term, but it's not problem. I don't think it's problematic for me, but I just don't use that. I wouldn't say the gay da thing. I don't know. That makes me sound really serious. <laughs> but, you, but I'm not offended by you saying it. No, this is really good because, like, I've, I'm very firm believer of, like, getting it wrong till you get it right. So what... But I think it's just, like, being... I was going to say, I think it's just also, like, being a different race as well in the sense of like we're all like I'm I can't speak on on behalf of all gay people I can't speak on all on the behalf of all like black gay men um and we can't speak on behalf of all black people um right so it's it's just a like you know talking it's just um being aware but also just like uh yeah it's just about being aware like you are but um and but also just being you and also accepting if someone is like hey I don't like that or I don't like this term right um, no, we yeah. yeah yeah no I get you it's like it's different for each individual so there might be another gay black man that's like gaydar works for me and then for another black gay man it doesn't work for them so yeah. it's just what works for people which I totally understand um yeah I totally understand um but yeah thank you for like telling me that because no because it's true because it's like do you know what it's like um back in the day when people would say things like that's so gay and it's like well and that was something that people used to say in school like that's really gay or that's gay and it's like that doesn't even what does that even mean and then like I remember reading that gay means happy yeah because it used to mean happy and then also um whatever there's that word that's in some Christmas music um uh fag that's also in like a christmas song right. and every right. i think last yes. last year probably the, they were going to take that out or they were going to stop that song yes 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 i think that's the popes or something that one i don't know the song okay it sucks but yeah i think <laughs> that's why i don't know it. <laughs> um, yeah. but but um 
but also at the same time that we're having this conversation i'm also just like i don't really i'm quite relaxed with like different terms and i know that the word fag is going to offend certain people um so i'm totally aware of that um no definitely talking about uh offense yes um I'm really keen to hear about your experience on dating apps because I know through other friends about, you know, the instant sexualization of, you know, black men's bodies. I know that when I was on apps, the things people would say to me, I'm like, should I slap you? Or like, what is this? Like, I like my coffee, how I like my women. I've got jungle fever and all this. No, seriously. Like, and I'm like, or like I've never had sex with a black girl before, or oh, like you're pretty black girl, and I'm like, what the fuck? So I can only imagine that you get you may get something of a similar nature. I have heard from friends that they do, you know, people saying stuff like BBC, which stands for Big, big black, black Cock, Cock. right? And like, you know, I'm craving a black guy, or is oh, it true what they man. say? Black guys, black guys are always on top, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So like, have you had? experiences of these trash individuals that needs to be hot slapped constantly (laughs) (laughs) okay is that question like is oh how big is it or like we're talking and like i don't know what app it is like okay specifically grinder obviously grinder is very much about like sex instant sex and all that stuff so all the men are I mean, the majority of ones that I've kind of come across in the past have been like, hey, like, send me a photograph of your dick so I can see how big it is, basically. Or, like, I've never been with a um, black guy before. And, oh, I really like black guys. And, like, half of me, okay, sometimes, like, I have conversations with my friends about this and my straight friends more so than my gay friends. Um, and, And about the idea about like just questioning whether actually I'm taking it too like seriously or I'm 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 kind of like calling on um or yeah just taking it too seriously and and or whether they are actually objectifying me so I have constant conversations about that but the majority of the time it's actually just so fucking frustrating I don't know if I can swear but um, yes you can (laughs) it's so frustrating because I'm like hey I'm on this app so that I can like find someone to date and or just have sex I just can we just be please like in the present does it have to be about my my genitalia my my cock and like (laughs) is that the only thing that you see and sometimes like if depending on what mood I am I will have a whole rant to them and etc and actually there was this guy earlier on this year um I think oh oh yeah I think yeah and I, we were talking and I think we, he was talking about, we were talking and we were talking about music or something like that. And then mm-hmm. he was like, oh, can I just ask you this question? Like, do you use cocoa butter? And um, how, <laughs> and do you have a big black cock or can I see it? I was like, oh I was like, mate, <laughs> yes, I do use cocoa butter. And yes, my penis is size 11, actually. Um, I can't. <laughs> Like, what is that to do with anything? <laughs> but 
this is the shit that you have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, like, you know what, sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes it's, um, I mean, it's just frustrating because you know you're going to get that question, particularly if you start talking about sex and it's just like, hey, I'm actually a person. Um, right. But like even, oh, like even my ex, I, mm-hmm. when we were start, when we were started like dating like properly and it were exclusive, um, mm-hmm. during like intimate moments, he would say stuff like, um, Oh, like I'm really, re- and he was white, and um, I he would say stuff like, "Oh, um, like you don't know how." You- okay, this is gonna sound really cringe, and this is a lot of information, but it was just, sure. um, "Oh, like you don't know how you make me feel," and stuff like that during like really into bed moments. And mm-hmm. I, at first, I was just kind of like, "What the fuck? This is weird," and it just kind of took me back to guys in the past and how they've like, mm-hmm. you know, felt it's felt like they've objectified me. Um, yeah. What the and yeah and then we had a conversation actually about it and I told him like you know how I felt and actually he was like kind of like I don't mean it like that I I just generally meant that you know this is really intense and I like you etc um but it's it's shit I also had I had this moment there was this guy I went all the way I live in north london and at the time i lived in north london anyway but um i went all the way down to south london to see this guy that i had like tech uh met on grinder i think so he lived in south london this was the first time i went wow, to south london. i know i had a car at the time and i was young and i thought you know what it's going to be some fun hot shit but he then we were on the bed and he put our hands together and he was white and um he was like oh look at the contrast between our skin tones <laughs> And I suppressed that until um, Michaela Cole's Chewing Gum came out, season two. And there was an Mm -hmm. episode where um, that happened. And I was Mm -hmm. like, fuck, like that happened to her. And I was like, fucking hell. Like, this is like, this is shit. Like, this is actually not, it's not just in my head. Like, it's a universal thing. Yeah. Um, And so it is very frustrating. Um, But yes. I think it's, it's, especially with, I mean, dating apps like it's kind of what I didn't like about that as well myself is that it's like people saw my skin before they saw me exactly Um, and it's like hello like there's more to me than my skin and so it's then having to yeah it's like we should even have to do these things in the first place but then I imagine but the thing that I suppose with me is that like I can come off an app and then you know maybe hopefully meet someone in a bar or whatever whereas I totally see that as a gay man um you know it's harder to meet people on the outside which is why I suppose apps are so popular because it's easier to interact in that way than it is and I suppose you know yeah in the world in office things like that so I have that privilege to be able to switch off the app and go well fuck it then Whereas I suppose it's different for you. And then in terms of commitment and stuff, like a lot of my gay friends are not in relationships. They're like, oh no, gay men don't commit. I'm like, what? I feel like... <laughs> I remember there was this little video I saw on Twitter of this Jeep <laughs> going up, like going up like vertically. And I remember saying like, now this is like gay men and commitment. Um, I think like with my... I don't know. I haven't been in that many relationships, but I think um, mm-hmm. 
but I'm trying to think because I'm also not trying to generalize at the same time. But um, but like I think I think gay men. I mean, we do want relationships, absolutely. I think mm-hmm. being gay means that you're already, you're already outside of a box of uh, like sex and how you have sex right. and what you can right. do and relationship wise. Um, so I think there is definitely a thing about like exploring and um, you know not being not just being you know traditional you know conservative about relationships and sex so already um you know there's that and um so it's difficult when like one person wants like that kind of traditional thing and like you know whatever I actually don't know where I'm going I think I'm rambling but um but I also think that there's also it's London. It's so difficult to oh, play. It's and, a joke. Yeah, it really is. There's so many choices, and we're all like like our age group. We're all so young, so we like want. We don't know how to settle. <laughs> we you know we've got so many choices that it's like actually like this guy that I w- went on a like a meet with or something a couple about a month or something ago and he was like oh my god how are you single and I was like mate like first of all I'm like I've got narcissistic tendencies so you know there's that but also (laughs) it's just there's so many people and everybody wants like everybody wants this perfect kind of like relationship and you don't get it but um until you kind of like you know keep going out or you have to put in you realize you have to put in but um I think also I don't know, on the, like, apps, everybody's, like, uh, in a relationship already and wants, like, a threesome and or wants a, like, an, you know, an open relationship. And I'm like, no, I don't really want that um, at this right. point. Right. And, and so, and I imagine that, you know, using apps like Grindr and Romeo, et cetera. What that, Romeo? You know, well, well, Romeo is a, is, is a dating, is a, is a gay dating app. I've never been on that. that. Well, I'm doing promo for them. I'm joking. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to download them now. <laughs> but I, I hear that rejection is part of the experience when you, you make the first move, etc. That's just so common. Yeah, I, I think I think that's to- toxic masculinity. Um, right. And but um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, rejection is or just ignorance. Um, just being ignored people are I guess you don't I was going to say people like if you match I think there's a lot of times where people are like yeah trying to make the first move or um, or waiting for the other person to make the first move I mean Um, and then you kind of like have a battle of like silence in some kind of way or it's just people don't know how to like make conversation or they don't know to have a conversation kind of thing Um, that's yeah, really yeah I, I guess it's uh, it's interesting because obviously I think when you're a woman on, on an app on a dating app like you do like especially if it's not Bumble because Bumble you've got to speak to the guy first but on like Tinder oh, really? and huh really yeah on Bumble it's like the woman takes charge so you 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 know I think you've got like 24 hours to like message the person and stuff um which is great but then on like apps like tinder and whatever and hinge like yeah it's like a mix between both but 
you always know that like people are going to message you I think like in my experience like I would before I was in a relationship I would every now and then maybe download the app just to see what's popping and then like you'd go on the apps and then there's like loads of unread messages from people being like you're stunning and I'm like oh cheeky ego boost for the day (laughs) (laughs) then come back in six months I'm like oh 10 new messages like like, you've got some like cishet man like just being like you're gorgeous (laughs) (laughs) it's also an ego boost I think like like even I in the past have definitely had scenarios where I've like I don't know like had sex and then like left and called my friends and been like hey guys I'm actually in a really good mood because I just feel like wanted and that's actually very bad um <laughs> I'm just being like honest um because I can only be honest so everybody forgive right. me whoever's listening to this but um but no it it is a little bit like that and also what's really frustrating sometimes is you get the guys on tinder who are like they don't have any kind of bio and then they're like Oh, but add me on like Instagram because I'm like way more responsive on there. And actually that's just for them to get like a trip of like loads of people adding them and feeling like really like it is. That's so cringe, like why? I never I never trusted a guy without a bio. It just means you're boring. Like can you can you like you need to write something? Yeah. But it's just like poor guy who's like my add me on Snapchat. I'm like, ew. Exactly. Like oh, no, Snapchat. that's even worse though. That is the worst, especially when they're like over thirty. I'm like, you're grown. <laughs> like, like this ain't cute, babes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh no, it gives me the ick. Oh. Totally. But um, yeah, dating apps are like hilarious. Um, yeah, I kind of got over them and got a bit bored and like. Are but, you dating at the moment, or are you in a relationship? <laughs> I'm in, a, I'm in a relationship. Oh my god, what? Yeah, I got a boo. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm secretly, secretly envious. <laughs> you know what? Troy, I've been through the hellfire of men, you know. Like, I've really dated some pricks in my time. Really? So, I, I, yeah, I, I feel like. Especially now, like I've been doing therapy during lockdown. Like oh, I've been able to tap in. Huh? Wicked. Sorry, I'm very much like I always like interrupt, and I realize the voice cuts out. No, no, no. You're fine. Um, yeah, I'm like, I've been like doing therapy during lockdown. And I've been able to like really look back on the mistakes I've made because I think sometimes what we don't do is take responsibility for our part in some of the stuff that we've created in our life you know what I mean it's always like but but he did this and he but it's actually like no but babes you but you were there you were you you were in the damn thing so I had to just like tell you know I had to I was like right I need to like do therapy and it really helped me so I can't so I won't be making the same mistakes and then obviously I built a healthy relationship with myself then I could have a healthy relationship with someone else so it took me a while but I had to go through the hellfire to get here um and I think that, like, I'm just so pro-therapy. Like, yeah. I think therapy is just, it's just massive privilege to afford it. But you know, when I was when I was young or, like, up, like I don't know, when I was younger, um, I didn't think therapy was for me. I like the idea of it, um, yeah. you know, in a comical sense, in a, like, there's a story to tell. But um, yeah. it wasn't until I think I broke up with my ex that I realised that I needed therapy or my last ex, which is my only ex. Um <laughs> But no, but um, did I realise that I need to say that again? 
I said, you need to stop. You're making me laugh. <laughs> I just say stuff sometimes. I, I bet I'm going to listen back and just think, what a fucking idiot. No, um, I love it. You're um, But no, but I did. I think therapy is amazing. And I think um, everybody should do it. It is. It does feel like a privilege. But I think, um, yeah, I, I, I went for a period where I was, <laughs> was um, at my grandma's house because I was in between like um flats and um mm-hmm. I was at my grandma's house for six weeks and but my ex was like off in America or something and I was like mm-hmm. damn he must be having a real good time and I'm here trying to like become like be emotionally stable and um and I just remember like basically I went um on like there was a directory I think the therapy therapist directory or something because I felt really down and didn't feel I didn't know how to be myself again um right so I found therapists and like went and the first one was incredibly expensive it was like 70 pounds or 75 pounds but I thought okay he's expensive he's gonna be great and um he just ended up being like a nodding dog but the good thing about that is that I then went on to another one and um uh I knew what I wanted I knew what I didn't I knew I didn't want um (laughs) so I can learn from that I learned from that and um I guess also because this, uh, they were, it was a charity called uh, ELOP. And um, just mm-hmm. to like mention that, just in case anybody's listening, and they, it's a gay charity and they were really, really, really good. Um, and I think it was like 14 sessions or something like that that I had. And they, like, it was cheaper and they went through how much you earn at the time. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, dirt poor so it was like you know come in for free no it wasn't um but (laughs) um but um but yeah like it it was really good and I learned a lot I kind of I kept going back to my like parents and be like oh I'm going to therapy like why don't we like look into our you know our generational trauma and my mum was like nah I don't need therapy I'm good I'm all right (laughs) I try I've tried to have profile conversations with my mum and dad they're like no they're like no I'm fine. Therapy, and I'm like, no, but you do, and they're like, no, <laughs> they are not. Our parents' generation are not with it. They don't fuck yeah. with therapy. They're like therapy, therapy. <laughs> they're like, no, they, they just don't. It's so funny because I'm like, sometimes when I'm talking to my mom or my dad, I'm thinking like, you would benefit so much from therapy, but I suppose the time that they were growing up, they did not have access to these things. So they don't know that it's even a need yes. because it's like, it wasn't even a question. It wasn't anything that was even within reach. Yeah. So because they've survived so long without it, it's like, well, why do I need it now? Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, I guess it's, yeah, we're able to read on certain things. Like I've, I've like been able to read on lots about like attachment styles and like being anxious avoidant and things like this. And like, when I talk to my parents, they're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You're the, you're the ones that did this to me in the first place <laughs> but like it's really interesting how we are so much more in touch with our like sense of self like Absolutely. we have and we like, can like develop ourselves on yeah. our own it's a, it's a, we're a different generation and like they were all about survival uh, I think well I, I think survival and making a better life for us so now we're we've, right. got, we've got that um or we're in the vicinity of being able to have better lives so a part of that is us being like self-aware and like thinking about generational trauma and also just how to be a good better person um and I think that's really important and I remember when I was like younger and I didn't I thought 
basically therapy and all that and talking just talking was for like white middle middle class people and right. uh so i feel like like i mean and obviously that's not the case and everybody should have um mm-hmm. the opportunity and think that they can you know for example talk have time to talk and also just see a therapist um and you don't have to see them <laughs> like advertising for therapy but you don't have to see them when you're at your worst you can see them like when you're in a good place to a thousand percent that is yeah. such a good point because actually my therapist sandra sometimes i come off the phone with her i've had a really good chat and i'm like well i don't need therapy anymore i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm about to text her and be like sandra like, i've loved meeting you like, <laughs> and then what happens to me in the week and i'm like yeah so are we still on the tuesday it's great. I feel like I'm making progress. I'm done. <laughs> like, it's so true. Like it doesn't. You don't always have to be like upset. Yeah. To have like it is just just that talking, and it's really interesting what you said about you know this idea that you thought that like talking and like therapy was for like white middle class people because like black people have definitely. I mean, even till recently, I think you know, but we've very much been left out of like mental health conversations. Uh, And, you know, even when I watched I May Destroy You and her therapist was black, that was like, oh my God, it's massive. Like, when do you see this? Because as well, it's representation of what we're always seeing. I found my therapist through the Black and Asian Therapy Network. um, Because I was like, I need my therapist to be black and be black. Because like it's very necessary for me, um, very important for me to know that, like, at least we will have an understanding of, you know, race and politics and being a woman in this country. That was, you know, um, but just even, yeah, when I was watching I May Destroy You and she had a black therapist, it was just, like, amazing because it's, like, if we had more representation, like, you know, a lot of black kids wouldn't have grown up thinking that therapy wasn't accessible or it wasn't for them. But hopefully we're the generation that can change that especially just talking about having therapy I, there was definitely I think a taboo about talking about you know getting help being counseled whereas now it's like almost like you drop it in convo like yeah therapy at one and then going for like a brunch at four <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm always talking about it. even like in first dates I'm literally always just like yeah so I went to th-. like I like that I'm like I went to therapy <laughs> and like I'm like okay if you don't if you if that's not cool with you then I'm I'm good. We don't have to like see each other again, or we don't have to talk. Um, but actually, recently it's been great. Like other everybody's, everybody else has like either gone to therapy or thought about it, or uh, you know, it's it's just it's common and normal. Um, and and yeah, and if you haven't gone, you're not on my, you're not on my level. I'm sorry. <laughs> but also, like, I feel like. When you're dating someone who has done therapy or is in therapy, there's a kind of different kind of conversation, I think, that you can have in a way that... Because therapy is not comfortable. Yes. It's uncomfortable. So then being able to engage with a partner who's been able to get to that uncomfortableness is something. Because I think a lot of people shy away from, you know, their true self and their emotion and their trauma. They just hide it. And it never goes away. Um... You need to find ways of dealing with it. Exactly. And then date someone who doesn't want to deal with their own trauma and then it will then spill into your relationship and yeah. then it becomes a hot mess. As opposed yeah. to dating someone who has had those conversations, it's just 
refreshing. Like yeah. me and my boyfriend will have, I would say that, oh, I just did therapy. And he's like, how did it go? And then I'll be like talking his ear off about like, my trauma. Oh, and then halfway through, I'm thinking like, oh, I think I told you too much, you know. But anyway. That's what I was going to say. Do you, do you keep certain things or do you, because that's my, like I when, with my therapist, I spoke about, or I guess with other people, I spoke about like tiny certain things. Um, sure. And, and uh, but nothing, not everything really. Um, mm-hmm. But does, do you think that actually helps? And I'm just curious. What, talking to my boyfriend about it? Yeah, like, and, and I guess, do you talk about everything um, that you've yeah. spoken to a therapist about? Yeah, definitely. Or I'll say to, like, I'll say to my boyfriend, like, oh, my therapist likes you now. Because oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> if we've, like, had a bit of a Barney or whatever, and I'm like, Rah! but, like, <laughs> But I think he's very in tune with his emotions, so he doesn't take it personal. But I do tell him, like, a lot of things, mainly because I am a professional oversharer and I can't yeah. speak my mouth. So yeah. I'll start one bit, and then I'll be like, oh, what the hell? I'll just take the rest. <laughs> I told him. I'm sitting there thinking, like, maybe I should have just not said that thing. But, like, this is who I am. So yeah, and I think he's kind of fine. But um, I think... Yeah, it's kind of, it's actually quite nice that we can talk about it because I feel like uh, that's why I enjoy therapy because I'm a communicator. So I enjoy just like, just talking her ear off because that is a release for me. I've always been that person that like, if I'm upset, I just want to talk about it. I don't want you to necessarily, especially with friends, I don't necessarily need your advice. I just want to just like talk about it and then it's fine. So therapy for me is like that. And then I suppose the aftermath of therapy is just like me then having a recollection of my thoughts and just talking to my boyfriend, be like, oh, we talked about this, blah, 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 blah. It's not me necessarily spilling out my trauma to him. Yeah. Um, because I'm looking for uh, healing or whatever. It's just more like, this is just what happened. So, yeah. But I, I, I think therapy is a really good thing. And, you know, I've always said I, was, I think it should be a human right. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's changed my life. It's changed the trajectory of my life in so many ways. Um, yeah. I'm not feeling like I have to be this strong, black, independent woman. It's like, no, I'd be crying in the mornings listening to Will Young. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? When I, I'm so, like, I love crying. I love being emotional. Like, and, and I also love sharing that. And um, yeah. literally, like, if I cry, I'm, like, happy about it. And, and actually, at the end of crying, you feel better about it or you feel better about whatever you're upset about if you were upset about something um, yeah and I love like I don't know watching tv shows and then like a character dies or something like that and I'm like oh, I, I was upset about it and because you've like let something in I'm I was so used to like just being a closed Keeping person it in. exactly and being where like where do you oh, think that came from um let, oh that's a you know what I, I think society probably definitely um and being a a man black man probably also um I don't know about my I was gonna say about my family I don't really know but I know one of my uncles was definitely kind of like oh you know growing up I used to listen to Spice Girls (laughs) and I love Spice Girls um and he thought that was a (laughs) he thought that was a gay thing and well um but he would like be like you know like um just you know, you need to be a man, etc., and all that stuff. And um, I think 
probably stuff like that. So societal things, but also him and um, like, you know, I guess wanting the best for me. I'm trying to be nicer about him. But um, but I, yeah, so I think it's that. And also probably my, you know what? Probably my biological father not being in the picture or not being like he was there, but I didn't have a good relationship with him. And I think now when with my um with my dad my uh stepdad he is amazing like he is really like just wonderful i think he's in touch with his um emotions he isn't about like he's very much like when he says you know you need to be a man he doesn't he's not talking about all those toxic traits he's just being like you need to be true to yourself you need to be like you know a person you need to be open to people and understanding others and self-aware and mm-hmm. grow and um and I'm and he's always challenging me and I'm always ch- challenging him now that I feel like I'm at a higher place because I went to therapy um but <laughs> but, but it, the relationship there I think for me my dad has been instrumental in that and um I think and seeing him and my mum and um how that's like how how they there's a C word that I'm thinking of or compliment each other. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of, I need, I think I needed that growing up, but also I'm, I'm glad that I had it at this stage because, because I know what I kind of missed out on or, or wish I had. Um, right. So I can, I can be appreciative of both of them. Um, and also therapy, like, I guess also got me over being, I don't know, like also over, like there's many personality traits or personalities within myself. There's a different kind of Troy that I show to different people. Um, And therapy helped that, helped me like just be okay with not being in control of that. And, you know, one day I'm like this kind of person or, you know, I'm one day I'm sad Troy or one day I'm like kind of reserved Troy and, or I begin, I am reserved initially and then I kind of like open up to people. Um, So therapy was good in that in that kind of you know like yeah that kind of um thing I don't know how to end that sentence no I love that do you think that because your I suppose your mum and your dad are like a symbol of you know a very loving relationship is that kind of what you aspire for you yes. know yeah. you've kind of mirror yeah I mean I'm not going to get this I know that I'm not going to get the same thing as what they have or in the same way but that's why that's what I do aspire to and that's also why like dating is sometimes quite difficult because you want to you want to find someone that obviously you don't you don't want to be dating your dad but you want to find someone that (laughs) because there's this thing which is like I don't know some kind of philosophy thing or whatever where like men end up dating their mums or you know all that shit so I, I don't know why I even started that conversation but no, um, it's true it's true I'm but, true to it yeah but um but yeah I want to I've got an aspiration or I know what I want in a relationship or I know I guess what I want that how I want that relationship or that partnership or whatever friendship to evolve into um yeah. it's of course it's difficult when you're actually in it sometimes um yeah. because yeah I I overthink but um but that's yeah I definitely know what I want 
oh, I know what I want at this moment. <laughs> it's going to change. Um, yeah, but, then but I suppose it's going to change as you change, I guess. Yes. Kind of. No, but that's that's really lovely. And like you know, I always say our relationship with ourselves is the longest relationship we'll ever be in. So that it comes first. Um, are you are you dating anyone at the moment? Um, no, I went on a few recent dates. Um, yeah. I guess. Oh, I say I call them meets because I don't want to put too much pressure on myself. Um, right. But and annoyingly, I had mentioned this podcast to probably all of them. <laughs> So I'm not going to say anything. That's where I close up. And also, I think even the fact that I've said I've been on recent dates, <laughs> they're all going to probably listen to this and be like, okay, so I'm not the only one. Um, so, yeah. Oh, Troy, you are, you're brilliant. You really are. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. No worries. It's been a pleasure. You've just been an absolute joy. If you want to follow Troy and look at his flipping hilarious tweets, Troy, what's your Twitter? It's Troy. It's, no, it's I think it's Hunter, isn't it? Hunter. Hunter E, sorry, Hunter R R T, capital T or something like that. Or just Troy W. Hunter. And, or just type in my name, Troy Hunter, on Google and it will come up. My cousin Googled me the other day, so. <laughs> <laughs> You make me laugh so much. And um, when can we start looking forward to Black Pride? Uh, it's very early. Um, I don't know because all the theatres are like, all everything's like backlog. But, but I'm working with a really, really exciting director and um, I'm very excited about it. So I will post it when we can, yes. whenever that is. And amazing. Well, thank you, Troy. Um, keep being you. And I've actually had... You've literally, like... You're like Lucasay. You know those Lucasay tablets you can buy? <laughs> you are like that to me. Like, I'm just full energy now. And, like, that's just a testament to you. So, thank you so much. Thank you, Jackie. It's been a pleasure. A pleasure. Bye. Bye, bye. <laughs> Oi. Uh, the podcast hasn't finished yet because I'm just reminding you as your fellow podcast fairy to make sure you rate, review and subscribe to Jackie Big Tits the podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast and I'll love you forever and literally buy you boxes of rosé. Okay? <laughs> love you, bye.